Hello everybody, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum. Oh dear listeners, we have so much to discuss still today. Oh my goodness. Listen, we know this has been a really tough one so far. It really has, and we do have somewhat of a palate cleanser planned for you all after this series, so worry not, we are going to get through this together. And yet another friendly reminder that we are entering some incredibly difficult territory today. This entire series has just been really hard. Actually, Charlotte, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have had a decent number of people tell me that they think this is the roughest series that we have ever done, and I'm kind of with them. I mean, roughest so far, at the very least. Today we are continuing the story of Robert Hansen, also known as the Butcher Baker. We last left off with Robert taking the life of his 12th victim. And we wish we could say the story is almost over, but we are far from done. This man continued to terrorize women until he was finally caught October 27th, 1983. That's right. Welcome to part three of our Robert Hansen series. And folks, grab a blanket or have your doggo nearby for emergency pets because this episode is not only tragic, it's going to make you want to rage. We're starting today's episode off with a story of survival. That's right. Not only was this brave woman able to escape the clutches of Robert Hansen, but she would also later assist with helping investigators catch him. Since she survived, we have much more information about this attack than any of the others. So this brings us to the escape of Cindy Paulson. Cindy was a 17-year-old sex worker living with her mother in Anchorage when she had the unfortunate luck of meeting Robert Hansen one day when she was hanging out downtown. He offered her $200 in exchange for oral sex. He appeared nervous, and she would later mention that his quote-unquote nerdy appearance and overall timid attitude led her to believe that he was just shy and therefore relatively harmless. She could not have been more wrong. As soon as she got into his truck, he locked her inside and he placed a handcuff around one of her wrists. She was able to fight back and she managed to get loose. This was when he pulled his gun on her. He managed to get the handcuffs on her and the two began to drive through a suburban neighborhood. This victim would be different. He actually took her to his house where he planned to assault her. Robert Hansen led Cindy into the basement of his house. And we've talked about his house before. He had countless hunting trophies everywhere. So to picture it, she basically gets led into this basement by this dude who is obviously terrifying and is going to hurt her. And once they get there, one of the first things she sees is just animal heads everywhere. The basement also had bars on the windows, something that folks might not question because it could easily be overlooked as a security measure. However, it would ensure that if his victim got loose, she wouldn't be able to get out. He then proceeded to brutally sexually assault her for hours. Afterwards, he decided he was tired from the whole thing and left to take a nap. Seriously. Like, apparently he slept for five hours. And during that time, Cindy was determined to not only survive this whole thing, but identify the man who had just tortured her. She sat there, and the entire time that he slept, she made an effort to look at and remember every single inch of the room that she was in. 
There were quite a few things that stood out to her, the heads on the wall, obviously, but she also looked at all of the other things he had around, like the clothing he was wearing. She had also noticed a bullet hole in the floor. Robert woke up from his little nap, and when he walked over to Cindy, she began to beg for her life. She told him that she just wanted to go home to her mom and that she wouldn't tell anyone what had happened. He said that he would bring her back to her mom, but first he wanted to take her up in his plane so she could see his cabin. Big fucking yikes. She said this was when she knew 100% that he was going to kill her. He then began to brag to her about all of his hunting accomplishments. They were chatting more at this point, and he told her that his name was Don. He did this while showing her his hunting trophies and awards with the name Robert Hansen on them. Initially, when I read that, I thought to myself, wow, like, what an idiot. But then I thought about it. He knew he was going to kill her, too. He didn't care if she knew his name, because in his mind, she just didn't have a lot of time left. Oh, it was all just part of this game he was playing to him. After this, he brought her to his truck again, and they drove to Merrill Field Airport. And this wasn't a huge airport. I looked it up, and it's essentially a small airspace that's for the public, and there wasn't anyone else there at the time. Well, except for a security guard, but we will get to that in a little bit. He ordered her to stay in the truck while he loaded his plane. Once he was distracted, Cindy managed to open the door. She was handcuffed, half-naked, and barefoot, but she began to run. Robert turned around just to see her getting away and began to chase her, all while screaming that he'd kill her if she didn't come back. Which, like, you're gonna kill her if she does come back. Exactly. She may as well run and take her chances, honestly. shut up, Robert. It's now five o'clock in the morning, and she is running for her life. Luckily, she saw a truck and started screaming and trying to wave him down. The driver, a man named Robert Yount, opened the door, and she threw herself in and closed it behind her. They drove away just as Robert Hansen had caught up to the truck. Cindy begged the driver to just take her to a nearby motel so that she could get some rest and get back home to her mom in the morning. He suggested that he take her to the police station, but she refused to go. He dropped her off and then he called the police to file a report about what had just happened. The police arrived at the motel and an officer released her from the handcuffs. She then proceeded to tell them about her encounter with Robert Hansen. And guess what? What? They didn't believe her at first. Of course they didn't. She was an underage sex worker, and they thought that she just had a bad experience with a client and that she was exaggerating the entire story. But she was able to relay so much information about Robert and where she was kept that they very quickly saw that there was just no way she was making all of this up. They then took her to the hospital so that she could be examined. On the way to the hospital, she noticed that they passed the airport where he had kept his plane. And lo and behold, his plane was still there. Robert had left in his truck shortly after Cindy was rescued, and apparently when he drove out, he left in such a hurry that the security guard who was working at the time took note of his license plate due to how bizarre he was acting. That same guard noticed the police there taking notes regarding his plane, and he shared the story with them. He also gave them the license plate number. I feel like that man deserves a raise. Like, good job. The plane, as well as the plate, were both registered under the name Robert Hansen. 
While the police were obviously aware that there was someone out there who was killing huge amounts of women who matched the same general description as Cindy, they immediately thought that this was the break that they needed to finally catch him. And I just want to share an interesting little note about Cindy Paulson. The movie Frozen Ground that we talked about in part one, it's based on her story. So Vanessa Hudgens plays her. And I guess in order to prepare for the role, she actually spent a ton of time with Cindy and the two got to know each other pretty well. And apparently Cindy was very involved in teaching her how to play her as a character, which like I thought that was pretty neat because Cindy Paulson is a pretty amazing woman and she has one hell of a story. No kidding. We will be getting back to her a little bit later when we talk more about the investigation. Because if you think one bad experience with a victim would be enough to calm Robert down a bit, then you could not be more wrong. Nope, because he just kept on killing. And that to me tells me that he's absolutely lost all control at this point. He has zero remorse and all he wants to do is hurt as many people as possible while he still has the chance. Well, a relatively logical person would take this opportunity to cool things down after a close call like this, Mm -hmm. but he did the exact, exact opposite. A little bit more about all of this before we move on, but the police actually did go to his house and questioned him. They saw everything about the house matched the description that Cindy gave them. Robert also looked exactly the way that she described. However, when they asked him where he had been that day that Cindy went missing, he was able to provide them with an alibi. He told them that he had been with a friend and that they were hanging out and planning an upcoming fishing trip. He also said that he spent a considerable part of his day working on his plane. His friend actually confirmed that, yes, Robert had spent some time with him that day, and I questioned this. I mean, he very well could have, but was it for like, oh yeah, we had coffee together this morning for 15 minutes, or was it like, no, no, we were together for a chunk of the day? I honestly, I see it as, because a lot of people still thought that he was this like very proper business owner guy, whatever. So I feel like he probably went up to this guy and was like, hey, listen, buddy, I'm in a lot of trouble. You know, I'm not this kind of guy, right? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. this isn't me. I need your help. Are you willing to just like say you're with me this day? Uh, I can't really explain whatever. And he got this guy to do this for him because he wasn't with him that day. He couldn't have been. No. And at this point, it's Cindy's truth versus the truth of now two men who appeared to be quite well-rounded compared to this underage sex worker. This all gave Robert a boost of confidence, and he actually allowed the police to search his home. They concluded that the basement matched the description that she gave, but that there was no evidence to actually show that she had been held there against her will. The lead officer believed her story, but the sexual assault expert that they brought in refused to believe that she was assaulted. We're going to remind you all by now, They know he's assaulted people and that he's capable of hurting others. Like, they know he isn't a good guy, but it still isn't enough to put him away. They decided that the best course of action was to make Cindy take a polygraph test. They arranged to have her picked up the following day. And can I just say, yes, we know now that polygraph tests can be pretty... Like, they're not admissible in court, I don't think, anymore. And they can be pretty sketchy at best, but... It was the time. Yeah, exactly. This this made sense at the time. Mm-hmm. That being said, when they came to pick her up, she was gone. I have to say, I can't blame her for taking off. I can't either, honestly. She was just kidnapped by a serial killer. 
She was tortured. Mm -hmm. She survived. And now she's being told by the majority of people who are supposed to help her that they don't even believe her. Like, I'd be wanting to get the hell out of there and as far away from Robert Hansen as possible because for all she knows, he's going to come and get her and he's going to finish the job. This guy is still running his bakery at this time. The cops are eating at this bakery on a regular basis. They know him. He's Bob. Like, they even nicknamed him Bad Bob the Baker as a joke. It's so incredibly brazen. It makes me so mad for Cindy because she's just a kid. A kid that just happened to go through an astoundingly horrific event and managed to survive. And it's appalling that Robert Hansen was just allowed to continue his horrific murder spree. Right? Because, like, there's quite a few times that this should have ended. But oh, it, this is one know, of them. It reminds me of um, the Yorkshire Ripper, how he was pulled in many times by police, but each time it just kept getting away with it. Right? Exactly. That's infuriating. No kidding. Like we mentioned, Robert didn't stop killing during this time. It would be wrong to say that police were watching him per se, but he was somewhat still on their radar. On July 10th, a little over a month after the kidnapping of Cindy Paulson, a 28-year-old dancer named Malai Larson went missing. Her body would be discovered the following April. This is another victim that very little is known about. I did my absolute best to find information about her, but even the pictures of her are inconsistent. Like, you look up pictures of her and you see numerous different people. Like, we do know that she was someone who would often run off for long periods of time without telling anybody, and that's about it. Robert confessed to her murder and would assist the police in finding her body after he was caught. It's most likely that his next victim was Teresa Watson, who was a 22-year-old dancer from Anchorage. On March 25th, she told her roommate that she was meeting up with a man who was going to pay her $300 in exchange for her company. This was a lot of money to her, and she jumped at the offer. Like we mentioned last week, he purposefully made these women offers that they wouldn't be able to refuse because he knew their financial situations were far from comfortable, and he took full advantage of that. He took her to Scenic Lake, where he sexually assaulted her and murdered her. He originally planned to dispose of her body by burying it like he had done with so many before her. However, the ground was still frozen, so he did the next best thing he thought he could do. He just left her there for the animals to find. What was left of her would not be found until May 17, 1984. Tamara Peterson, who also went by Tammy, was a 20-year-old dancer. Robert Hansen would admit to murdering her. However, the exact date of her death is unknown. What we do know is that her family heard from her on August 7, 1982. They ended up meeting sometime during the following day. He abducted her and then assaulted and murdered her like he had so many women before her. Her body wouldn't be found until April 29, 1984, when Robert finally gave that information to investigators. We aren't exactly sure when Robert Hansen met his next victim. However, we do know that it was sometime in February of 1983. I just very quickly want to talk about something that really blew my mind. 
Mm-hmm. Think about the number of women that we've spoken about already. The majority of women that he picked up were taken from the 4th Avenue area in Anchorage. So I looked this area up on Google Maps and it's honestly, it's not very big. You can see the airstrip. You can see some of the apartments where some of the victims lived. You can see the correctional facility. These women were vanishing from a shockingly small area. It's all happening so fast and the fact that this is allowed to just keep happening for as long as it was is it's appalling and we talked about it last episode too it just goes to show that like willie pickton and like the yorkshire ripper when you attack a quote-unquote certain type of woman people don't seem to give a shit and it's abhorrent honestly it's such a terrible example of that because it's so in your face like they really don't care no 24-year-old Angela Lynn Federn, who went by Angie, was a dancer with a troubled past. She had family back home in Seattle who cared deeply for her and attempted to help her at every opportunity. She was addicted to drugs and selling her body to support her habit. Eventually, she ran away from Seattle and she found work in Anchorage. We don't know a lot about the circumstances of her murder. Sadly, she was not reported missing by her boss until May of that year. Her body had already been found a month earlier near a lake. You know, it's something else. Like, I I have so many things I want to say here because, like, this entire series just has my, like, brain on fire. (laughs) No, by all means. Something that really bothers me about Robert Hansen, along with everything else, is over the last few episodes, we really see him evolve. He's learning how to be a better killer with every murder, because if you think about it, he started off essentially just picking random women and killing them. He then realized that there's certain women that he can essentially get away with killing and others that he can't, so he narrows his victim type down. He learned how to take advantage of the fact that the police just doesn't give a fuck about these women. And my heart honestly just hurts for them. Like, look at Angie, for example. What we just talked about was pretty much all I could find about her. It's, it's all just so depressing. In order to get to the end of Robert Hansen's awful journey, we have to go back a little bit to the beginning of this episode. Like we mentioned, when police came to pick up Cindy Paulson for a polygraph test, she was just gone. They weren't able to arrest Robert Hansen at that time, but they did start building an investigation regarding him and the murders. Detective Glenn Floth of the Alaska State Troopers realized that this was unlike anything they had seen before, so he enlisted the help of the FBI who sent him Roy Hazelwood. That is the Roy Hazelwood who not only basically invented the concept of profiling sex offenders, he also came up with the idea of the quote-unquote organized and disorganized murderer. He was a huge believer in the concept that there was absolutely no saving people with pedophilic or sexually sadistic tendencies. I like him. Yeah, I do too. And he's a pretty big deal. This was also when John E. Douglas was brought in. And for those of you who are fans of the show Mindhunter, Holden is based off of John Douglas. The files were reviewed and a profile for the killer was created. It was concluded that their suspect was a white male who had very low self-esteem, but he was an avid hunter. He had a long history of rejection from women and was possibly taking trophies such as jewelry or maybe even body parts. The man that they were looking for also possibly had some sort of speech impediment, maybe a stutter. They fucking nailed it. And for you 
like for those of you who are Criminal Minds fans out there, like this is these guys, but the real deal. Can I confess something? And you don't even need to leave this in the episode, but oh, we'll we'll see. This, Go ahead. This is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> I just watched the first episode of Criminal Minds the other day. <gasps> what? Oh my god, I love Criminal Minds. I've I don't know why I haven't watched it. It blew my mind it is so good oh my god it's so good so good and like i i like uh true crime shows and documentaries obviously but there's not too many like fictional crime shows and stuff that i particularly like but criminal minds um that's one of my absolute favorites i'm like excited for this journey for myself because i kept reading about it when i was doing research because so many cases that we've talked about has have been referenced in like either a big way or a small way on that show and i was like i should check it out yeah it's a good one i'm glad you're into it because i think you're gonna enjoy it robert hansen had gotten away with being questioned by the police quite a few times at this point but now they finally had enough to secure a warrant to search his home and i have to say they had an amazing team of investigators on their side. Like this is one of those times where we're going to see some really, really efficient detective work. It's about damn time. Yes. <laughs> they showed up at Robert's house on October 27th, 1983, and it didn't take long until they realized that Bob the Baker wasn't at all who they thought he was. And I mean, again, the heads are enough to send red flags flying, aren't they? Well, the kicker was that they also found items that belonged to numerous victims, along with his giant collection of guns. And guys, I mean ridiculously giant collection of guns. This is a place where the majority of people had guns. Like, lots of them even had gun collections, but Robert Hansen's gun collection was so big that it was considered a bit much by people who really fucking liked guns. I mean, guys, this is Alaska. I mean, you know how, what is it, Sarah Palin says that she can, like, shoot to Russia from Alaska <laughs> or whatever? Exactly. Like, like it, it's, yeah. that's gun country. But they also found an aviation map with 24 separate spots marked with an X. They investigated those spots and, like we mentioned, found many of the victims that way. They found a number of bullets at multiple crime scenes ballistics tests confirmed that they matched guns recovered from robert's home with that they went back to robert hansen and shared with him the evidence that they had he confessed to the murders of 17 women and the sexual assault of another 30 over the period of 12 years he entered a plea bargain where he would plead guilty to four of the murders in exchange for no publicity about him in the press which is just an insane option to even have. I don't think you should have that choice. He did also agree to help the police find more of his victims. Which is probably why they let him get away with that plea, because they just wanted to make sure that they had their guy. He shared information about how he chose his victims and what made him decide who to kill and who to let go. This information is still used to this day to help solve murders. The fact that he pled guilty means that there was no jury trial for Robert Hansen. And thank goodness for that, because really, no jury needs to be subjected to him. Robert Hansen was sentenced to 461 years in prison, plus life in prison, without the possibility of parole. Which is an insane sentence, like... Wow. They they didn't want to take any chances that he could ever, ever, 
ever get out. There are no amount of appeals out there that he could file to get him out of this. No good behavior bullshit for you, Robert Hansen. He spent his time in a few different prisons, but eventually they sent him to the Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward, Alaska, not far from where he would find most of his victims. He found work out of the kitchens for the first time in his life, and he actually worked as a barber during his final years. He was moved back to Anchorage for medical treatment in 2014. He died on August 21st. The official cause of death was ruled as natural causes, as his health had been declining for the last year. He was 75 years old. When one trooper who had been involved in the investigation was asked how he felt about the death of Robert Hansen, he stated, The world is a better place without him. We couldn't agree more. 100%. Could not have said it better myself. Sadly, he took the locations of where he buried at least five of his victims to the grave. We legitimately hope that someday all of his victims are found and identified. And with that, we conclude our series on Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker. Woo! Thank, Thank God. God. That was a rough <laughs> one. Oh my God. I legitimately have so much hate for this man. Like, he was the absolute lowest of the low. He cared literally about no one but himself. I hate that he was able to get away with killing so many women and that so few were actually brought to justice. Like, this whole case is just fucking awful. All of those women. And some of them were barely women. They were teenagers, many of them. They deserved so, so much better than that. It's, yeah, it's a harrowing case. I really, really do hope those that still remain lost are found and identified soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah. I'm glad he's dead. Um, But to be honest with you, I think he deserved a far worse end than the one he got. Like, I don't think he deserved to grow old in prison, to be honest with you. No, I, I no. should have gotten eaten by a bear. That is the way that Robert Hansen should have gone out on this planet was he should have given them all the information that they needed and then just gotten eaten by a big, mean, fucking angry bear. It would have been poetic to have him dropped in the middle of nowhere and see how he fared against the Alaskan wilderness. Right? That would have been good. I, I, I'd watch that. That's terrible. <laughs> I sound terrible right now, but this guy fucking sucked. Uh, how do you feel about this series, dear listeners? How do you feel? <laughs> Leave us a comment wherever you're listening or shoot us an email at thegrimcurriculum at gmail.com and tell us how you're doing after all of this. You know what they should do after all of this? What should they do? They should go listen to some extra credit. Have a little, little laugh. Laugh a little. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, as the usual, for all the love and support you give us each week. We sincerely appreciate it. And don't forget to check out our merch as well as our Patreon if you'd like to support us in all the other ways. And speaking of, it is that time again. Ah, uh, yes. A huge, humongous thank you to our spectacular Grim VIPs and up. Thank you to Lisa, Pink Flamingo 20, Bob, Hillary, Brian, Atlantean Jedi, Judy, Kevin, and Mayhem Mudkip. And also we have some fun new features that you can take advantage of during our weekly live premieres on YouTube. So come hang out with us. We're there every Saturday at 12 p.m. MST. That's Mountain Standard Time for those of you that are not in Berta. It's it's a hoot. We have a good time. <laughs> I have a good time every time. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The, the Grim, Grim Curriculum. Curriculum. Hey, Charlotte, guess what? 
Oh my god, I can't wait. What? Did you know that some people lactate through the skin on their armpits after giving birth? You know, the list of cons when it comes to birth are it's just getting longer and longer, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.